Wardcast episode 211. I'm Dylan Vento. And today I'm joined by Nelson Johnson. Hi. And lounging mm. ever so comfortably. Oh. Joe Whitmore. Yeah, that's me. That's mm. you. Mm-hmm. More like Joe Lounge more. I do have two chairs that I'm using right now. One for my legs. Expertly, if I must one, say. Uh, I've, got, I've got my hardcore gamer 420 YOLO race car chair that I'm, I'm sitting in. And you know, I, that's what I like. I, I, I got to say for a moment on these race car chairs, look... Uh, on a visual standpoint, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not about the look for streams. Yeah, I think it's sure. a weird thing that everyone lashed onto the look of them. They're yeah, aesthetically kind of displeasing. Yeah, the bucket seat is kind of nice. It's a, it's a weird thing. I don't know. Maybe I just like having my, my hips cradled. It's, uh, it's, it's nice. Mm. There's like a little, you know, like a little ledge on the sides that comes yeah, up. Yeah. The um for leaning back with this little pillow on my on my, my neck, it makes games where you don't have to like lean over the keyboard. It makes them real nice, you know, a, a nice RTS, just lean yeah. back, yeah. Get, get your hand on that mouse, okay. have a good time. I've always, so, I've always been curious about them. Pretty good, I'd say. But nice. not curious yeah. enough to purchase one. Nope. There, there's a pretty good range on prices. I went with one that was just like, okay, this, there, there's like, if you look on like Amazon or online, s- yeah. there's so many brands. It was like, yep. Ugh, I don't know what to choose. So I, I just, I just found one that was like, Okay, yeah, this yeah. Has been who, used. Are we, who are we sponsored by today? I actually don't know what the brand is anymore. Uh, but it's it's AK one that, Racing. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, it it, it shows the up in in some like some like um uh like game esports you know things whatever mm-hmm. like at tables. So I was like, okay, well if if esports was willing to pay for these, of course, Mister Esports, be mm-hmm. Mister Esports, Jonathan Esports, Jonathan Jonathan R Esports. <laughs> Uh, anyways, anyways. I, I trust Jonathan's opinion on most things. That's fair. That's when, fair. when is an esport disappointed? Uh, well, <laughs> well. <laughs> let's see. Overwatch. Um, Here's the storm. Here's the storm. I, as an esport, yes. As a game, I think Here's the guys, storm is fun. Well, that's did, what I meant. Did you oh, yeah, hear yeah. The, uh, the, the the way Artifact was trying to pump up? The, the when Artifact oh, was yeah, coming out? Thanks, Artifact. The Artifact, before it was released, had announced for like Invitational 8. Like a million dollar tournament, like a million dollar prize pool Jeez. for their, for, uh, and it was like, man, that's Mr. Esport is doling out the cash mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. and it's and it's weird because I mean, like, oh, it, it, before that even happened, the the population had diminished so much that it was like a couple hundred users online at a time. Damn, that's a pretty you know high probability of you. Winning that pot though. Well, That's a good it, point. it made me think, God, should I have just stuck with artifacts? Yes. I, I was I was I was doing really well when I when there was when it first started there was a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But then when it started to like <laughs> I, I, I tried to get a few friends to play artifact with me and uh the it has the fighting uh, the fighting game problem where if you get good at something and you try to show people it and you're good at it. And then them. they don't want to yeah, play with they it. They don't want to play it anymore. Yeah. Ass it. So I had no one to play Artifact with. Also, no one played Artifact. Yeah, I think and I was, think maybe that was the first thing. And well, then the second thing is that you're good at it's, it. No one played Artifact when it came out, and then uh-huh. less people play it now. Fair. Do you think it's going to have a second life? Like, do you think if they <laughs> so, you know, no. address all the problems? They, so the, the, it's not, it doesn't seem like they're, they're they, they, the people that were supposed to be like, okay, we're going to reimagine it. We're going we're gonna to Final Fantasy fourteen this. Hmm. 
moved on to other projects mostly. Yeah, Picard I mean, Reborn. Yeah, I know at the very least Brad Muir went to the Dota Underlords yeah. team right. and started yeah. working on that. So and, and I don't think Valve has the um the culture to the, the, the organizational structure to make it happen because it's like if you can choose what you want to work on why would you want to work on a sinking ship I feel yeah. like that would be I don't know there's someone that would treat that as like an amazing an opportunity intellectual challenge kind of like how Demon Souls was made the reason Dark Souls exists was because Dark's Demon Souls when it was being made was failing it was, they, they made a demo and no one liked it it was like this is going to fail Miyazaki stepped in as the lead designer uh. and was like I can do whatever I want and it doesn't matter if it's horrible because it's People already expected are, yeah. to fail. So he took a bunch of risks and it ended up spawning a crazy, massive shot fan franchise and also kind of like weirdly a genre almost. Yeah. 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 If so, only he didn't do that, I wouldn't have to suffer. My ears wouldn't have to suffer about hearing about Dark Souls all these years. Well, maybe just Miyazaki play Dark Souls. Step into no. Artifact. I think it's what's just happening. Play Dark Souls. Oh, I'm good. Miyazaki maybe play Bloodborne. Step into Artifact. artifact. Yeah. Uh, Man, I would play a Dark, Dark Souls, Souls card game. Card collectible card game. Oh, that, that sounds good. Oh, it's a Dark Souls board game. Give it to me. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, all right, that's a good review. <laughs> Anyways, uh, should mention uh, one. Alex Damrath isn't here because uh, he got appendicitis. Ooh. Had to had to get an appendectomy. Uh, okay, this wow. past week. Yeah, and uh, so he's he's at home recouping. His appendix uh, revolted. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how that happens, right? It's okay. It's, it's yeah. a mutiny. It eats its way out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they just have to go to the doctor and they catch it. My mm-hmm. brother had an appendectomy when he was like, maybe like 10. Yeah. Um, But his appendix had already burst, which is like both painful, yeah. but also a huge risk that because it can be fatal. Yeah. Because yeah. basically the appendix holds onto a bunch of bacteria. If it bursts, all that bacteria <sighs> is then like just in your body in in the muscle tissue and the bloodstream and everything so like they have to the appendectomy at that point is just them opening you up where Mm. the appendix would be and then Mm -hmm. basically just cleaning it out like that's so gross like a dental cleaning kind of thing i have not had an appendectomy i have not either friend of the show dan cotting has that was recent very recent yeah he didn't he like he he looked good the last time I saw him. Yeah, so he's, he's good like now. Making sense. Well, I mean, like he looks healthier. Yeah, like he looks like he's like been taking better care of himself in light of yeah the appendectomy. I always get like appendectomies or like you know issues with people's uh, appendices and people's issues with their gallbladders easily mm-hmm. confused because like oh, a gallbladder reaction is normally like you ate a bunch of like shitty food. Hmm. I think Rami told me once he was at Pack South one year, and Fred Wood, who is like his business guy for yeah. Beer, took him to, to like a bunch of Texas barbecue, uh-huh. and he, he ate said Texas barbecue, and then twenty four hours later, <laughs> he had to get his gallbladder removed. Jeez, or something. Um, that's crazy. So like your body can can react Fuck strongly. Up real quick. Yeah. yeah, you don't need your gallbladder anyhow. It's just holding you back. Yeah, you don't need most of those. If I can just drop all these things, then maybe I'll be able to eat as much junk food as you want. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say like increase the speed of my my thrust. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All that mass weighing you down. <laughs> I can finally achieve all escape velocity. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh. So unfortunately, you know, Alex is really selfish of him. I played control, so I could talk with him about <laughs> control. Uh, but now I can't. No, let's talk about how garbage that is, just like we talked about how garbage Metro is. I'm kidding. I'm really excited for garbage. Control. I'm um, really excited for Control. I don't think it's the perfect game. 
but well, you're a monster. Uh, well, you know I, that has already been established. Have an RTX card, and then maybe it will be. I, uh, whoa! Okay. I don't want to talk I, about control just yet because I forced you guys to read an article. You Ooh. did before we uh, before we started. Um, yeah, I got fresh hot thoughts on this. This is uh, hot takes. It's a medium post from uh, Doc Buford, um, who people might know. He he is a critic and also has like done writing and narrative work in games mm-hmm. as well. He said he worked on some acclaimed games and his thing. I was, and I was wondering. Yeah, I don't have actual... like his his. I can look that up while you're sure. He's got right, strong opinions, it. which just makes yep. me more interested in knowing more about him. Well, here's the thing. I've never met a game developer that doesn't have strong opinions. Sure. So Doc wrote a a uh, medium post called "I don't think I like prestige games," um, which is kind of stream of consciousness like it's not it's very stream of consciousness the, the in, intent i think coming from buford was not uh or burford i'm sorry i'm i'm mispronouncing his last name um i don't think his intent was like to do like a major mea culpa maybe like a minor mea culpa um he, he wrote like an addendum after he posted it saying like i wrote this you know not having enough sleep in the middle of the night where I should have mm-hmm. been sleeping. Uh, it's a very stream of consciousness. He intended it to be kind of, kind of like a, a starting point for a conversation with like colleagues yeah. and stuff. And for a brief, it, like most gaming Twitter things, it kind of like it had its like flash in the pan moment, like one day and I saw a bunch of people discussing it. Um, friend of the show, Sam Lotion, stated every triple a developer mm. <laughs> should read this article which i found very uh an odd thing to say um sam and i have definitely had a lot of conversations in this vein about this kind of stuff both about like triple a design methodology and and things and we definitely have butted heads about that in the past but that very much like really incensed me about it. so basically the article is about how it's very hard to suss out because like at first there seems like a to be a collective thesis at the mm. beginning and then it kind of wanders away from it and then it kind of comes back and, and then, then it wanders and then it, and a then few it more loses itself. Um, so like premise like the, the headline says I don't think I like prestige games. Burford kind of like goes into things he finds uninteresting or bothersome or blase about AAA games. Right. Um, whether it's in, in a narrative context or a gameplay context, um, which is weird because the way the article is kind of structured, it seems like he is primarily concerned about narrative structure. It seems that way at first. Well, for he, a good half of that article. He, he does, and he talks about a lot of games, and he does kind of weirdly, I, sometimes he mentions um, mechanics in more or less significance, depending yeah. on the thing. It's it's hard. He, he just, right. it, it well, it's a taste piece, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's it's it seems like it doesn't have one overarching uh, thesis um, to it. I, I think there are like a kind of smaller ones where he's like, oh, I want to talk about this, I want to talk about this, and like, it's not all truly adding up together. It, it doesn't It's weird because, uh, yeah, it, it, it feels like sometimes he he, he he kind of maybe accidentally contradicts himself with the men, sure. the sentiments he's giving. Not that he so you could you could take apart a lot of the sentiments he said. And okay, this is an interesting point, and yes, the fact that he's helped us kind of refute some of those points is also interesting. Mm-hmm. Like he, for, for example, he talks early on about how kind of there's not a lot of artistic value in like. Uh, there's nothing, there's nothing like inspiring or creative about like just action set pieces and big showy things. And then later on, he's like, 
he'll mention other games and be like, "This is this was really great," you know, like yeah. Uh, oh, I, I'm, I'm he, he, I think because he, he draws a lot of comparisons like movie and film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, "This is just emulating movies." And then mm-hmm. he's like, "This is really like you know powerful action sequences or whatever." Yeah. It's like I mean, you know, it's. Uh, well, I think it's it's like a matter of taste. Is like he's just kind of like yeah. trying to put into buckets. Like this is why I like and this is why I don't like. But that's hard to do in a in a critical piece when you want to have an overarching statement and when you start painting with broad brushes right. yeah, you start hit you start contradicting yourself very quickly yeah um probably the most constructive thing i think to do with it because there's a lot of interesting opinions to talk about in it would be to like take a take a thing he said sure. and not necessarily put it in the larger context of what he says because it's not a well-constructed essay in that sense yeah mm-hmm. it's a lot so, of guys feelings but i highlighted a bunch of stuff and i can start kind of running down yeah, please it. do um he kind of starts off talking about um prestige games like the last of us mm-hmm. right? that's, that's where he kind of starts off um and in his addendum later on he does address that he acknowledges that the article came off kind of rude yeah um which it does it comes off very passive aggressive which mm-hmm. is i see a lot when a little actively aggressive well sure yeah. but like it, it it comes off hostile in ways that i see a lot of developers that actively share their disgust yeah with mainstream yeah. so just this paragraph near the beginning of the article this is a game called the last of us if you haven't heard of it well let me tell you a whole mess of people think it's the single greatest video game of the last technological generation and when it was re-released for modern video game consoles a lot of players said it was the greatest accomplishment of this generation too which (laughs) speaks multitudes in a lot of different ways yeah it's like this is a game that is highly popular this Mm -hmm. is a game that people champion because it's like some high watermark of you know the 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 medium x y or z um i would like to freeze on that for a moment because i feel like the thing that's so weird about that is he's projecting a lot of values onto everyone that that all gamers like how they should right right right. and he actively argues against that in other parts it's like you you should not champion these games just because they are you know um technologically impressive Mm -hmm. or they have high production value like like that is not what makes a game good and that is not he he has this bit later on talking about like he has this jocks versus nerds metaphor oh, where right. it's like well the nerds sit inside and do you know indoor activities or read or whatever and so they automatically think they're intellectually superior um the more time thinking yeah. yeah or and so and now like and he doesn't say this but this is kind of like a going thing like very nerdy pursuits or or tastes or whatever have become mainstream in the past decade or so you know mm-hmm. comic books video games or comic superhero stuff um and saying just because you enjoyed that things and you were and you were insular does not make you smarter but there's inverse to that which i feel like people in this position <laughs> ironically like they, they trapped themselves into this logical this you know counter argument immediately of like yes um, liking a particular thing doesn't make you intellectually better. Mm-hmm. Disliking what is liked by the masses also does doesn't, not make right, you right, which, right. It, which I'm not arguing for or against any other side. Like I like things, I dislike things. Um, my tastes are my own. Um, but I do very much find it disturbing how much there is this call to arms at times right. to be against the mainstream for the sake of just being against the mainstream. Yeah. Um, I, it's, uh, I think 
like when it comes to like appreciating raw effort, it's something that I like with with Last of Us. Obviously, you can say a lot of work went into developing that game, and the technology on display there is really impressive. Sure. Sometimes I'll see a, like like a, a movie with like Tarkin and, and Rogue One, technologically incredibly impressive. I wasn't fooled by it, and it looked and, and I couldn't I couldn't appreciate it on screen. I didn't enjoy it. I understand that it's good, but uh, I, you know I I I. I also, was like they this wasn't necessarily what I wanted out of a thing. It didn't make you know. It didn't. It doesn't make my opinion of this movie any truer. Sure. Basically, yeah. like, my I have friends who were fooled by it didn't know that that was a CG actor, which is crazy to me. I don't think they're any less intelligent or less perceptive as a viewer. Uh, if anything, they were more in tune with the art than I was. Uh, and I and I feel like uh, there's 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 a weird point where you almost have to kind of separate the appreciation of the capability of what was done versus what you got out of it. Sure. And it's what you got out of it is on you, right. not on the, well, I mean, it is to some extent what their, what their, what their final production is, but it's not a, a fault of, of uh, approach or things like that, I think. But well, which is interesting because it, it feels like in this article, so much of it is, so there's a, there's a point where, uh, Burford, right? Yes. There's a point where Burford goes, um, I hate, I hate being told that this that X is fantastic. Sure. Which I can understand that that sentiment, right? Because if you're surrounded by other people that exactly. like this thing, and you 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 tried the thing and you don't like it, yeah. or you actively dislike it. But then in the article he goes, "I hate X. Like you should know that X is not good, right?" And it's just like, well, it's a lot of signaling. It's a lot it of is. like, it is. this is the wrong mentality. This is the right mentality. And it just doesn't. It doesn't make sense for for that to come up in an article that felt like somebody defending the idea of having an opposing, uh, like a, an well, opposing. For thought. me, when I first read this, I thought the point of the article was like, "Hey, games should stop trying to emulate Hollywood." Which I like. <laughs> that's how it gr- started. Great though. thesis. Yeah, like wonderful. Like that's that's something I'd be interested hmm. in. That's something I can agree with. I can agree with. Uh, I mean, but like, I'm not saying that games like just look to be games. It's an interesting like, discussion point. To be sure, books. I'm not saying that like it's binary. I yeah. don't think all mm-hmm. games should stop trying to emulate Hollywood. But like, I do think there's something to be said about when I play Grand Theft Auto Five and there's a set piece that's directly out of heat. Like, oh. what 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 is the value? What are we accentuating on top of that? I'm not saying that in like you can do like those homages and be like, well, this is what I want to do. I want to make a series of homages to popular crime dramas. So, like yeah. that has value, but there there is a interesting idea of like, well, what are we actually seeking? What 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 is what is the end goal with yeah. with all of that? I, so, I, I, I just want yeah. to as an aside for a moment. I first when I read this article, I was I I kind of hated it, but. You oh, mentioned I, I went in like ready to hate it just because people were like this, this, this is good. Yeah, I, I had no idea what I was in for, and I started reading it. I, I hated it as I was reading it. And then you said he he intended it as a as a means as a launching point of discussions, and which he didn't say when he initially published sure, it. To be and there's fair. also no no sense right. whether this or not that's is, true. Yeah. Well, the second you publish something, I don't care if it's on your medium post, I don't care if it's on your personal blog, yeah. I don't care where it is. Like the second you publish something, part of it becomes not yours. Like if it gets captured in the public consciousness mm-hmm. and shared around. You cannot backtrack and be like, "Well, I intended it for me and my own." Right. So sorry, but also like, don't. This is me. This is just me saying this. You should not put out a thing 
if you don't expect there to be at least some conversation had about it. So yeah. if you if you are admitting that like, uh, maybe I shouldn't have written this at like three in the morning when I was supposed to get to sleep, maybe don't post it. Like that, like that. Yeah, you can come back to it. You can come back to it. And especially like him admitting like, oh, I've, I've worked on X, Y, and Z. So like, I know that, I know what this industry is like. You, at that point, have a certain platform that like, once you open that up, you open it up and you and it's hard to backtrack it. Like and, I and, want and, it to be a conversation and into I mean, this an article thing was that published on the eighth, right? Yeah. And I mean, like we're talking about it multiple weeks past that point, just because like things that have come up and we haven't mm. had time to address it. And uh, so I, I don't want to treat it as like it's been this long-standing conversation for mm-hmm. multiple weeks. It was like it was like a day, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then like people forgot or people moved on to whatever yeah. the thing was. It, there are a lot of things I'm mean, realizing now just how many things. I could talk about from this though. Yeah, and I mean, even it's though a lot. I disagree with a lot of his starting points. It's like, oh, okay. You know what? You, you've you've touched, you've poked a lot of buttons that would be fun to talk about. Yeah. So, I mean, I just think there are better better ways to write it, and I know it's not supposed to be a critical. Um, and he says this in a follow up thing that he wrote. It's not supposed to be like a hard edited, mm-hmm. structurally sound piece. It's just mm-hmm. like yeah. some some writing. But the thing is, some of that writing has rang true for so many people mm-hmm. that when it started being this thing where it's like this it is a gospel or something yeah like yeah that. exactly exactly so there i i've been learning about some of this like kind of academic um terminology and like the humanities and stuff so like there's this thing called dialectic like education or dialectic reasoning or conversation um which is something that i after reading it i was like oh that's what that's what i've been seeking so there's dialectic and there's didactic so what dialectic is is basically a conversation in which to derive a truth like a shared group truth mm-hmm. right um like everyone comes in with opinions and thoughts and what and we discuss something which is very much what i always view a podcast to be mm-hmm. i never view a podcast to be like i have an opinion and you have an opinion and we have to fight right. until one wins out sure because that's that's not that's a debate not a podcast. it's a debate and it's also not constructive it's not healthy yeah. it's it, it doesn't lead to a lot and i've i've been in a lot of those kinds of conversations concerning topics around games and design sensibilities and taste mm-hmm. that almost universally are in that structure mm-hmm. because yeah. people can't acknowledge like well maybe some of the things i'm saying is wrong and maybe like i am treating it as gospel but it's just my personal taste but my personal taste is my truth yeah and what other truth can there be right and um I, and it, i find that very frustrating whereas in 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 the the converse to the dialectic is didactic which is like an, an instructional um form of conversing so it's like a lecture mm-hmm. so it's very much like what a critical piece is it's mm-hmm. like i am coming in and there's there's no there is no counter argument because it is my viewpoint and it's my article right so it is my logic and it's going right. out and it's my opinion going out and then being a part of everything. And there's no like there's no equal footing for anyone else. Like people can talk about it in their spaces or whatever, right. but like here is a truth. There is no other truth in the universe that is this piece being written. And it's funny. So the thing that's interesting to me about this, I don't necessarily have a problem with it being stream of consciousness and him, you know, being like, oops, maybe I should have thought about that. But he does kind of tap into this mentality. It's like a larger problem and it spans like politics and everything, is that we are our identities are like so kind of i think vulnerable now because so we we attribute a lot of our identities to like big concepts that are out there in politics it's it's parties but in in video games a lot of nerds identities is in like uh superheroes and games and movies and 
uh, when we go on social media and dating, you're like, okay, here's my list of favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And it's not often the blurb you write about yourself, but like just a lot of your identity is just kind of yeah, a just reflection, of, reflection other of these things. things. And so you want those things to be loved. And yeah. you get people get, I think, more, have become more defensive and aggressive over time based on conversations around these things. Well, especially if like if, if the counter argument to something is not well stated or stated hostily yeah. like I, i've i've said in the past like recently where it's like you know i thought grand theft auto 4 was a very um uh, important game to me at the time because i had never been introduced to ideas of like oh conservative parody or mm-hmm. you know all, mm. all the other things um i was at a point in my life where i felt like the the structures of the institutions i was in with public school and whatnot were failing me and i felt like i was being treated as someone that was like six years younger than I actually was like being a teenager and being treated like a 10 year old, because mm-hmm. that's kind of like how high school treats you because mm-hmm. it's not it, it. They don't know how to treat people that are basically almost, almost becoming adults. adults. Yeah. Um, and that's very much the structure of grand theft auto four because um, Nico comes into a world where it's parody and everyone's this idiot, but they all think they're geniuses mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Nico is the straight man to everyone else. So whether yeah. it's Brucey, whether it's Roman, whether it's you know he's just he just kind of shakes his head and then has to roll with it because this is now the the structures and the institutions that he he resides in. Well, that description just weirdly like feels like that is what all news is right now. Sure, <laughs> but like I feel like you know, and then playing Grand Theft Auto Five, I feel like I had then grown beyond what that game was prepared to provide me with. Sure, intellectually. But in my, you know, reminiscing and nostalgia for four, I say, oh, I really like four. Like it had this, this, these, these great thoughts. And then someone coming in and be like, no, it didn't. I was like, what? Hmm. That's not, that's like, you could feel that way. Yeah. But you also, if, if we want to feel this way, we also have to acknowledge that, hey, it could have done good things too. Yeah. And there's this, this, this sentiment, like he goes on and talks about God of War, the, the, the remake later on and just kind of like dismisses it out of hand and i'm like well i don't think god of war is a perfect game he makes very blanket assessments though. right well it's it doesn't it doesn't yeah. even like say anything about the 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 narrative outside of like oh it's a sad dad like it's it's a fatherhood story well, he it's is like pro returning acts though but the thing is like <laughs> yeah. he's pro returning acts because, because that's the mechanic he, he had yes. oh my gosh the number of times i've heard an indie developer say this game stole my mechanic. Yeah. It's like, no one stole your mechanic. If your game is not released, yeah, that's not your mechanic. Yeah. And, it, and no one owns a mechanic. That's why you right. don't, that's why you can't trademark mechanics. Unless like, you're Namco I, and you trademarked the mini or, game. Or and the loading screen. I mean, I'm like just so yeah, curious yeah. about what this guy's worked on. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like it's not, well, it's like, that's not a reflection of like whatever, whatever you think of his work does not. But he no. also says that you, that you are only respected for the work that you produce, yeah, not for I, the work that you consume. I'm sure. Then it then it turns into a thing of like, all right, well, put your cards on. I'm interested in how his work reflects his opinions. I'm I'm just curious. It's not a it's not a thing where I'm looking to judge him because I've already judged him in my own heart, and I think (laughs) he's crazy. (laughs) He's done. um, uh, But there's a weird thing about like there's there's so many video games coming out now. Mm -hmm. The the argument that we need to shape how game developers think about the the whole like future is like. Do, do we need less movies, uh, games that behave like video games, that behave like movies and television? Well, it's I like, th- there's a ton of games that are coming that that don't, and I feel like. Well, the argument I see from that end is that it's mostly, like I said, it, it feels like an indie versus AAA thing, right? Like indies feel like the the high budget 
high product value AAA games suck all the oxygen out of the room and then there's nothing left for indie games and on on multiple spectrums whether it's critical or or uh financially you know all this money going to AAA, and so this it creates kind of like this uh spite feedback loop where i think my game's great it's not being showcased the way that yeah god of war is god of war has all these stupid uh you know um skill tree things the the best part the best part is when it's like when burford goes games that have skill trees are just like inherently bad or inherently like a skill tree is a bad uh design methodology games should be like control which is a great game and I'm like, motherfucker, control a has tree. a skill tree in it. Yeah, like, it just doesn't. It, it's 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 all about taste. At that point, it's all about taste. You don't like God Award, that's yeah. fine. You don't have to find a reason to justify yeah. not liking a game because you look close enough at any other game, any game you do like, it's going to have those same flaws. It's just presented in a good way. I feel like 90% of the reason people really like control is because they really fucking like the x-files sure which is fine you sure. don't have to yeah. have a more intellectual reason to like a game but like i look at control and i find it kind of barren uh narratively and, and world building wise um but i think it's part of a larger thing outside of the game though it draws sure, on sure. That, well it's also like the aesthetics people like that like it has like a very brutalist aesthetic that like a lot of games don't really lean hard it's a combination of things it's it's a it's a whole you it's know your taste it's versus a, my taste it's a tapestry um and i'm not and i don't think they're wrong but when what frustrates me is <laughs> is that when people try to try to uh back into a a you know highfalutin intellectual justification for their tastes and say Oh, but my tastes have this great reasoning behind mm-hmm. them. Your tastes are based off of silly things like fun and mm-hmm. and and uh, entertainment value. Yeah, and so it has therefore, to say something new in order to be worth anything. Well, but so that's the thing is like he in this article is saying that that trend of games that want to say something is bad, and like no, he, does he? he? Well, he doesn't say that specifically. He says that. I'm I'm gonna have to look up the direct quote, but it's it's not it's not as cut and dry as that. He's I think he says something to the effect of like they have to. Say I think it was basically new. like I am tired of games that quote have to say something or some, oh, something like that. Well, he, about something. He was, yeah, he was kind of minimizing the value of Bioshock because he felt sure. like it was saying something that wasn't very Which, creative. Hey, guess what? I don't really like Bioshock because yeah. I played that late, uh, mm-hmm. you know, late in its life. Mm-hmm. You know, after the the whole critical fanfare happened. Sure, and I played it, and I'm like, where where is the where's the objectivism? You know, mm. they just make some offhand comments to Anne Rand. Like mm-hmm. that's not that's so, not embodying the yeah. ideas of objectivism. I feel like part of part of the thing though is that you don't have to have a creative like big statement. You're saying take Max Payne for instance, the first yeah. Max Payne. It has uh, quintessentially a very basic plot we've seen over and over again, which is a revenge like mm-hmm. it's a revenge thriller basically. But it does so much. It, the journey of it, feeling alongside Max, meeting characters, living in his world. The nightmares scenes. Or living in the world of Bioshock is value in itself. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's this weird thing where people who either decry or challenge the way we perceive art in video games don't often take into account just the feeling of playing the video game yeah. as you play it because that is a part of art. It's a different kind of art and it's not just a statement that it's made through the story. It can be. A video game can make a really good thesis out of its story. I, I also think a lot of developers, designers, and you know, critics and armchair critics 
both are very bad historians yeah because this industry moves so fucking fast he, i just like, gotta i gotta say he he said like bioshock was the first time that they tried to like do i i, I can't remember that, that, it, that it tried to do like bigger storytelling in video games i'm like what where well, have you been for the last like what, bioshock is like a spiritual successor to system shock right. yeah. like yes. so like yeah <laughs> Uh, oh, I, that, that was just me getting like frustrated at, at actually what he was saying, though. Um, but but uh, historical context. Yeah, going back to Grand Theft Auto Four very quickly. Um, my perception was that everyone loved that game when it first came out, mm-hmm. and then three four years removed, people really started souring on that game. Mm-hmm. I think because they were looking th- at it through a lens of where they were in, I don't know what year it was, twenty ten or. 2011 versus when it came out in 2008 like like you look at something like bioshock when bioshock came out there were it was introducing a lot of things that were new it it is kind of the 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 hd generation made everything even more difficult because we had you know higher processing power and higher Mm -hmm. resolution and fidelity so the evolutions can be small as well right but i'm saying is that like that technological jump Mm -hmm. made everything even fuzzier because like oh okay like yes someone could be really moved by Shodan doing something crazy in System Shock 2, but now we see um, who's the guy, who's the villain in in Bioshock? Andrew Ryan. Andrew Ryan. Now we see Andrew Ryan, but like, oh my God, that actually looks like a human being, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. in the context of when that game came out. And so like, we are then having this thing it's like when you go back in time and you play like mario kart 64 it's like this isn't what i remember it looking like yeah um but like you, you look at mario kart 8 and you're like oh this is what i thought it was like how i always imagined then. it yeah. and so i think that gets even that makes everything even murkier because like now i my my nostalgia versus the historical context versus like the actual graphical fidelity Reiterating. makes yeah. it makes my mind kind of it's it's hard for me to like tweeze out all of those different influences and, and biases. So throw in uh, face recognition too, and like face acting now in video games. Sure, yeah, that, that's a whole new level of nuance. Right. that also includes now the actor's impression. Like on these when things. I first played Half Life Two, I thought that was the most like, yeah, in, incredible like you know facial animation. I was like, there's no <laughs> way we can get beyond Lador. this. Yeah, L- where is my head crab, Lador? But. Uh, so I think we're very bad historians and we're bad yeah. at acknowledging... I mean, we can acknowledge how fast things move, but like be very bad of like looking back at a specific point in time and being like, this is how the feeling was back then. Like, you know, I remember when Mason and I were talking about that infamous... Uh, uh, we were talking about the, the, the public response to Wind Waker um, and how negative it was when it first oh, came out. Right, Because it, it was in the context of post that E3 tech demo where mm-hmm. it was like the very realistic... Yeah darker Mm -hmm. zelda um and mason was like people didn't hate wind waker it's like yeah they did because they super because that was the context is it now wind waker is lauded as like one of the greats one of people's favorite win uh favorite zeldas but like it wasn't at the time and you have to either be there or be in active discussion Mm -hmm. or listening to someone that was there to understand what the feeling was at the time. So yeah, I don't think we've really learned our lesson from Wind Waker. I think we always have a tendency, like I feel like it's human nature to be stubborn and to put our, our, our gut feeling first and hold on to it. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and that's something that like, I, I mean, it, it messes with a lot of like social spheres and I feel like discussion of, of games. I mean, is I had to actively like step away from communities I was in because I feel like I was not having healthy active discussions in the context yeah. of these discussions here because it's like 
yes, AAA can be very reductive. It can be very just cyclical and minor improvements. Like, I don't think... I don't think a lot of people are like championing the Call of Duty, the the yearly Call of Duty installment, just because it's right. Call of Duty and Call of Duty is always awesome. I think there are a lot of people that are cautiously optimistic of what Call of Duty could be, especially with like the context yeah. of what this Modern Warfare reboot is trying to do, but are also very understanding that like AAA game companies always drop the ball on that stuff, whether like whether it's the you know. <laughs> the blanket we're not political statements that mm-hmm. so many developers are making or it's you know you look at the white phosphorus mm-hmm. debacle that's that's plaguing modern warfare for good reason because like they're they're taking something that is this horrific uh uh instrument of death and destruction in the real world they call it willie peter and nom really yeah that white phosphorus willie peter huh yeah. But and then they make it a you know death streak or kill streak like yeah. bonus in, yeah. in in the game and we're still like and so in, in that context, they're trying to uh, have their cake and eat it too, where it's like, no, we want to have this serious, realistic, gritty look at like what modern warfare is, but also unlock the white phosphorus and dump it on the enemies. There's so yeah. many fingers in that pie, though. It, it is sure. tough. Like, and there are financial investments yeah. and all this other stuff. It's like they can't pull away. Um, but when I look at I look at that and I you, you think of like the stereotypical like, you know, 420 no scope you know bro oh i i made my laser sight in call of duty a pot leaf what's like, up boys it's your boy 420 no scope bro <laughs> back with another hot stream hit that subscribe button but i'm about to play call of Duty. in a lot in a lot of <laughs> in a lot of ways i feel like that's how a lot of people that are anti-mainstream view all mainstream games yeah. and also mainstream yeah, consumers and yeah, i'm yeah. just like that's just not a healthy way to to be you're, you're not being the antidote to bad mainstream mentalities There's, you're being another you're another poison that's trying to counteract the first poison mm-hmm. it's, it, it, it helps to be more surgical in how you criticize mainstream you can criticize a lot of bioware recently the 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 anthem development cycle and things like that there's a lot to say here not just for like the quality of triple a games that are being produced but also for the quality of workers but to to lampoon all the treatment of la- workers is that what you meant by quality yeah. workers uh well yes yes the, to lambast no, all the workers AAA are games, shitty i'm kidding to lambast all all triple a games for being triple a games kind of misses all the points you can make yeah it's like a tri- being triple a isn't the problem there will always be right groups with the most money who will use it to Bully the exactly. way into the market. And that's and that's that's I, I see that sentiment so much of just like indie developers being frustrated at the idea that like this crowded marketplace and like I have to compete against, you know, this triple A game, but this triple A game isn't even that good. Look at my artistic, you know, yeah. thoughtfully done game. And I'm like, but they're playing like a completely different ball game right like yeah like yes from a from a business standpoint you always have to look at like who is competing you know it's all about time and it's all about eyeballs like you're competing with call of duty or whatever whatever Fortnite and whatever other forever game apex legends but you're also competing with you know fucking television you're competing with netflix Mm -hmm. you're competing with people's free time yeah but bogging yourself down with the idea of Oh, but I'm competing against this game that seemingly has unlimited resources and isn't even that good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Already sets yourself up for failure because now you have this this mental baggage that, you know, I just feel like negativity like is a poison that can so easily go into 
the quality of whatever art you make, whether it's a game, whether it's writing, whether it's a podcast, like it's so easy to just wrap yourself up in that blanket of, of uh, frustration with the world and mm-hmm. just make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. And this is kind of the stuff we talked about when we talked about like the, the steam stuff, the steam algorithm stuff a couple months ago or if, whatever. I feel like if you want to be more constructive, the thing you should be saying is not that these games aren't good, but that, if you want games that you know, like if you if you want to you want to increase the discussion about uh, games that 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 are unique and and can and talk to more people voting with their dollars because the thing that keeps AAA companies successful is that there will always be a lot of people who aren't in these conversations that will always buy FIFA and will always buy Call of Duty and will always buy you know mainstream kind of games, but potentially if you try to put more more constructive effort into building the building the, the indie and i mean it's not like indie the like indie games have so much recognition now uh, on a much larger scale more, i feel like they have more recognition but, than like what's considered a like indie movie i mean indie movies indie movies sit, run such like a weird gamut like right. i feel like we're not between like, yeah, the sundance the, the eyes and the triple eye and stuff like that right as, but as like even like let's look at comics right mm-hmm. so like independent comic labels i mean i don't know what you would consider independent comic labels but like say there's there's independent comics like there's you know online web comics but like there's also like underground comics with an x right right, right. like r crumb kind of shit right and r crumb is like kind of uh an outlier because he became wildly popular mm-hmm. with his weird ass shit mm-hmm. but like there's a lot of people that make very salacious stuff or yeah. very like off the beaten path and weird stuff and yeah. underground stuff in that scene and they are not held up to a thing but we have that qualifier for them whereas in games gotcha. everything that is not triple a mm-hmm. is indie is immediately and indie. there's just this giant spectrum and i feel like there, there are indies there are triple i's that have like a large successful business like you mm-hmm. know super giants a triple i it's what i would consider you know Double Fine, maybe up until a little while ago, I'd say would be Triple I, maybe B tier. Like they seem more uh, me- mainstream than indie to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get really small, like you know, independent creators. You have, or you have creators that are independent but also wildly successful. Um, yeah. you have very small studios that are wildly successful. I think of like you know Matt Thorsten and and Noel Berry that work together, um, and and they're. Uh, um, compatriots working on like Celeste and games like that and now they have that new studio that they just created mm-hmm. extremely okay I think of Vlambeer very small studio but extremely successful so like they are perceived to have this wild amount of influence but like are actually relatively speaking have a very small footprint um, but like then you got to think about folks like Lauren Schmidt who makes very like off the beaten path games we're not even talking about twine games or yeah. like visual novels or you know games like Butterfly Soup and all that other stuff and like there's this whole like slurry of different types of games that we call indie Mm -hmm. and they all have different objectives and they all have different like financial goals and artistic goals and financial power (laughs) right yeah and and we want to pit them all against mainstream because we feel like any gains mainstream makes means that indie's not is we're 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 sacrificing we're surrendering ground and I just feel like that's a very unhealthy way to look at everything because there are so many developers from AAA that we can learn from 
and that they can learn from us. And it's not a one-way streak. It's not like we have all of the design innovation from the independent side. Right, sure, and sure. AAA just has all the money. The, Do you? F- the, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. You, you go ahead. Do you feel like that is a thing that is that is happening, regardless of whether or not like? I mean, it might do you not. Think that's on the behalf of the creators or on behalf of the fans, because I because I think it's a creator both. discussion. Okay, I, don't, I, I feel I, like fans don't talk about it that much. I, I feel like fans uh, that are into that are like getting into like, oh, I'm a fan and I want to make games. Start finding their way into those conversations, or like sure. people who are like, I just like think those the sliver I, I think of those people who conversations are, are for the most part very toxic. And if they're, yeah, as, I agree. If they're aspiring developers that are listening to this or like thinking about getting into games, I would discourage them from trying to participate or creating discussions slash arguments of that nature because I feel like it 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 doesn't make it doesn't make design which this is ultimately what it is right it's it is a game design slash narrative design discussion mm-hmm. and people have to understand how much their tastes are influencing that right. and how there is no universal truth there is no like indie good triple a bad triple a good indie bad but still in this article <laughs> but this article and and Thank you both for making that segue because that whole thing about there not being a universal truth. I feel like this article does not understand that. And also this coming from like a, this is why I was asking you, do you think it's fans of AAA versus fans of indie having this conversation? I feel like it's fans of AAA versus indie developers. I, I I, think, I think you're right because well, no, no. That's I don't know that I agree. I think the problem is, is that this war is actually kind of one-sided. And no, I know fans I, of sorry. indie. When I say fans of AAA versus indie developers, I mean the indie developers perceive the fans of AAA yes. as bad. Well, uh, so, so that's not that the AAA fans are doing anything. Yeah. like there are shitty AAA fans are like, "What is this, this pixel? But this far, looks like my Nintendo." Goose game. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I think the there are there are lots there are ostensibly more fans of AAA games than indie games in theory. Theor- um, theoretically, I, but yeah. it's hard my to prove bubble that. Is so like everyone here everyone loves. has a different bubble you and i like we have some overlap but like we have disparately like different but both like experiences indie, i mean we play i have to play games too but I, everyone i know sure, that plays i games do too play a lot of indie games. but what my but, point but is i don't that, play like simulators and crpgs as oh, much as you do sure, and, sure. And, or i don't play ba- basically any tabletop but what i wanted to say was that triple a the, the vast majority of triple a uh, consumers don't think about this you know no. but but it's not they go to GameStop and they're like yeah. i want whatever i want they will yeah. they they may happen to pick up you know uh, an, an unrecognized copy there's a weird thing though like an unrecognized game like i picked up journey on a whim once and i was like sure. oh my gosh but uh the uh the weird thing about like triple a also is that it is incentivized to do what has been done because people tend to people buy what buy they it. know yeah. Yeah. and that's the, the weird to on this with indies is like it's like look at us we're different that's mm-hmm. actually not what helpful to your marketing necessarily because the weird thing is like, yes well, it depends it, it really depends well, i mean like we, we, what makes you different also makes you more niche sure because uh because you're going to have uh, the more distinct you make yourself mm-hmm. the the potentially smaller your resident audience is mm-hmm. like the weirder of a game you make yeah. lisa for instance is a very weird rpg mm-hmm. and not everyone would enjoy it and you know not everyone likes pixel art games and things like right, that right right and 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 it's which is fine yeah um and i just i think it's like but but to credit to, to to you have to understand that and realize that criticizing not being different is actually kind of weird because it's not wrong to not be different or even to just 
iterate very slightly on something that's that's worked well before, like doing skill trees again. And maybe you've put your own little tiny twist on a skill tree, but it's still essentially a skill tree. That's not wrong. That's still people still like skill trees. I I, I wanted to, I went into Path of Exile because someone showed me how big the skill tree yeah. was, and I was like, oh. Well, but oh, so that's a skill tree. So this, is, it, this and so it drives me yeah. insane when someone's just like, "Oh, this game has a skill tree, therefore it is poorly yeah. designed, or it's just uninspired." Like it's it, it becomes such a classist, like maybe classist is the wrong word, but it becomes. No, but I can see where you're getting. It becomes such a like snooty. Like I've been throwing around the term indie pretentiousness a lot, mm-hmm. and it just. It just, I feel like just just quantifies so much. It's like we're all in the fucking gallery of like an art building and we're all looking at different games hung up on a wall. Right. And people are like, ah, but this game has a skill tree. And ah, that is that is a that is a poor choice for this artist to have made. That's so 2010. (laughs) My thing is just like, I don't understand how you can get there without acknowledging like, oh, every video game very likely is going for a different thing. Sure. Like Uncharted is going for what Uncharted is also, going for. Unfortunately, and like if their thing is we want to make the video game Indiana Jones, sure. just let them. Yeah. Like it, God of War is I want to make Sad Dad with a with, skill tree. With a single shot. With a, with a single shot. You can do that. Right. Lisa wants to do what it wants to do. You can do that. Braid wants to do yeah, what freaky. it wants to do. And it might and seem- you can and and to say to say just really quick. Yeah. No, to fine. say something like, oh yeah, Bioshock is stupid. And that's the end of your conversation doesn't help a goddamn person. And I can understand there being spite that like, oh, I perceive this game as having less innovation, like new to the world innovation, but it's making all this money, whereas my game is not. And I mean, like the unfortunate reality is that this is a commercial art. Like there are parts of it that are not commercial. And it's hard to see. I, I Austin Walker talked about this like a month or two back where he's like, oh, if you're working on games that are like strictly not commercial, Mm -hmm. don't show them don't tell me about them mm. because the second i highlight them on this show which is also part of the commercial mm-hmm. like industrial like uh, capitalistic world yeah um it then becomes commercial because yeah. then like like and that's true it can be kicked off as access and i feel like like you have to like if you're making a game with the intent to sell it you have to acknowledge that like there there are there are sales points there are marketing yeah. aspects to your game and so like I don't. I don't want to get back into that discussion about like you know the business dogma of of games, but I just feel like everything is just intricately tied to one another in in these kinds of conversations. So like when you're dismissing a game based off of a perceived lesser taste or lesser design choice, you are then inherently saying that like this game deserves less. Yeah, and what I like deserves yeah. more. And and in saying that you are you are betraying the idea that you are spiteful of the fact that the thing that yes. you like is not receiving more yeah. and the thing yeah. you dislike is receiving should be receiving less. Yeah. And it's just you could probably do that in your own mind mm-hmm. and still be a well adjusted person, but you keep throwing that out into the world mm-hmm. and it'll start yeah kicking if, things off balance. If you have a criticism, the the weird thing about like I, I have in the last years made a conscious effort because I used to be a very like if someone told me they liked Suicide Squad, I would have lambasted them for it. I was like, oh, you like that? And then I was like, wait a minute, that's not like helpful at all. It's not like saying anything, you know, I, I still 
didn't like Suicide Squad, um, and I might goof with that person, but I try to be less you know toxic about it. Sure. Uh, but I used to be much more toxic in my in my dismissal of things. I've recognized at, le- at the very least, like you know, it's better to let people enjoy things they like. But if you have a criticism you want to make, say you want to criticize skill trees, you don't want to say skill trees are bad. You want to say why they're bad. And if you're going to do that, you also probably need to contextualize it per game or per type of game. Well, you yeah. also need to know if like you're in the right context of people wanting to hear that criticism. Right. Like yeah. you can be like, well, are, I, th- I think, I think regardless of whether well, or not somebody wants to hear the criticism, like well, maybe whatever the case, I yeah. have been in a lot of scenarios where I want to talk critically about something <laughs> and the other person either does not want to, mm-hmm. or does not contain the, the instruments mm-hmm. like at hand mm-hmm. to, to, to look at something critically. Yeah, that's fair. It, well, I, I guess know your audience in general, whether it's just like in a friendly scenario or in like a YouTube podcast scenario. But I, uh, I have tried like in our Discord, we have people with incredibly my uh, my, my other Discord for that other community that I'm from, mm-hmm. the IRL boys. <laughs> the um, we have people with some really diverse feelings on things in general, uh, you know. And it's like it's it's interesting to to be like, you know what, just just you feel that way cool i feel completely differently and and the thing that i have always appreciated is oh you don't like that let's have a conversation about why and yeah. that's not what this is like and and that's that's why you you saying like dialectic versus di- what didactic yeah so this is didactic trying to be dialect like with the yeah. with the pretense of right oh i was trying to be dialectic yeah. like trying, you can't, trying you can't to have a conversation when you are only trashing anything and, and building up one thing feelings. and yeah. mostly with feelings yeah and not ha- not opening it up to be like oh this is dumb this is bad like this is bad this is good but no real like conversation about I, as a, to why in a perfect world i wish that piece were just a critical like look at games chasing hollywood mm-hmm. and, like production and that's and that's that would interesting be, that would have been interesting and that's really but, because, and, that, and just to say like we did not even get to talk about the fact that the beginning of the article like we touched on it but the beginning of the article is i am seeing things in games that are obviously ripped from movies yeah like the um the the biggest example he did was the last of us With is ripping road. off the road except that it's not so so there's but, broad but strokes the, and i haven't broad played. strokes but you can't but like so that's that's the other thing is like broad strokes does nothing but diminish your argument because yeah. you're not you're not the things that you're saying aren't really tangible and and but and then he also goes into like i could predict every narrative beat in that game and it's like yeah dude i can do that for most things i watch yeah. because yeah. guess what i like i like writing and i like narrative structure yeah right like, like oh you you are a student of narrative yeah so yeah. like of course you're going to pick up on that stuff and some people aren't and some people want to not be able to pick up on that stuff and that's fine and you know i don't want to be that person right sure i want to be able to predict what the twist is going to be because that's fun to me and the and my and my biggest probably other than the the way that it was written because i really hate the writing um the the biggest thing that i have or that bothers me about this is okay i can see i can predict every beat so like did did it do it well you're very smart yeah you're very smart also did it do it well because the thing for me about about god of war is like yeah okay it's got skill trees it's got loot whatever i think it did those things well i think i think the i think the whole like whatever it is i think the whole of the product yeah because again these are all products i think the whole of the product is oh yeah they did what they went for 
and I I took mm-hmm. enjoyment out of it. Yeah. So I, you like just saying like, oh, X is dumb. Like, I don't. What do you want me to do with that? I there are parts that got a war I did not like, and it took me a little bit of time to and that's healthy. enjoy that game. And that's healthy to dislike some parts and to yeah. like some parts or but to dislike all do of that it. For, but with for real some reason, reason. I, yeah. I, I wish I wish I knew why people just wanted to speak in broad strokes because Maybe, it's easier. Yeah, but then if you don't have but, to put on it, your critic hat, then you don't have to think about it. But then you can't complain about like a game having a AAA game having simplistic design methodology. Like I agree. That's why that's why this doesn't like, make any sense to me. Like this article makes no sense to me. I just wish you knew how many times I've had similar arguments like mm-hmm. this with with design colleagues or mm-hmm. developer colleagues because it's just like what you can't have a a simplistic critical eye, right? Or no, you can't have a a um overdeveloped critical eye mm-hmm. and then a, uh, a a underdeveloped contextual forensic uh, okay, debates yeah. yeah voice like mm. it's they also, both are very they play hand in hand together mm-hmm. so it's the weird thing I, I also feel like and this isn't maybe universally true but criticizing AAA design philosophy is weird because the design space is not like it, a lot of times games come in with a with a with a blueprint of what's to be made, like, yeah. and if and if and sure. if you're given space, but then you take too much time, like Anthem did, they'll tell you what to make. You mm-hmm. know, your your producers will tell you what to make because we, we want you to make the thing that makes money. Well, people make that, another looter shooter, you know, that's kind of thing. Well, people that criticize this, and now I'm speaking kind of broad strokes, but this has been my experience. People that criticize AAA mainstream games are also people that tr- that criticize uh, the MCU. Tri- yeah, basically anything that is like super, you know, popular. Um, without much nuance. Yeah, and I mean, I'll just, I'll maintain for the rest of, for, you know, until it goes bad again, um, where we are now with, you know, blockbuster movies, I feel like is way better than where we were with blockbuster movies like 15 years ago. Yes, you, yeah. you watch Face Off. <laughs> that yeah. ain't a great movie. It's not, it's what? not a movie. Like, Whoa. 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 Uh, Sorry, it's not a good, so, and this is important. That movie is not a example. good movie now. Just grab, just just take Fantastic Four and we're good. <laughs> like that, Which that could one? Be an example. The, the, the one with the, the one most from recent the, one? The 2000s. I like Either those of ones. What? What? <laughs> regardless of that opinion, <laughs> uh, regardless of that opinion, I, I feel like there's something to be said about, like you were saying, Face Off is. Or Transformers. Not, How about something? No, 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 no. let's use Face Off. Okay, let's fine. use Face Off and Transformers. Are dumb action movies, and that's what they want to be. I, and I think I, dude, well, face, face Off is a dumb action. Right, movie. No, but but let me let me tell you why there's more to Face Off. We can't because, we can't okay. we can't do well, this. Well, no, no wait, I wait, wasn't wait, wait, trying wait. to dismiss Face Off. Let me click. But now I have to defend Face no, 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 Off. No, no, for the for the record, for the record, let me back up. I like The I, Rock. All right, does that. The which I mean, one? The the, the Dwayne Johnson one. Okay, okay. I think that <laughs> I do Jeff, like the rocks. So also, Face Off can totally have more in it, but that the, here Face Off fa- really quick. Well, face yeah. Off to you, I feel like is Devil May Cry Five to me, which is mm. this is dumb and fun. Oh my god, there's so much more. I you just have to look one more layer I, deeper. I not quite. I don't. Okay. I, I'm not actually arguing that there's much value to Face Off, but here's what I am arguing. Okay, All right, so Face Off takes two occasionally beloved other times lambasted actors uh nicholas cage and john travolta mm-hmm. who have both had zany careers and zany lives mm-hmm. and it it asks them to be each other and we're, the movie is a dumb it's, it's it's a dumb action movie you are yeah. not wrong when you yeah. say that the thing is it did ask to do something interesting and it took the audience for a ride that was 
like we were arguing with indie things before, it was unique in a different sure. way. It wasn't yeah. unique in a meaningful way, like a like a like a thematic way. It wasn't unique in a yeah. in a. I mean, the story was a gimmick, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like a, it was otherwise an action movie. Mm-hmm. But as a as a cultural thing, I just wanted to defend sure, Face Off as sure. a cultural moment. As let's take these two blockbuster yeah. actors and make them each other. Transformers also is weird because Michael Bay is a much more interesting fellow like I, I don't love michael bay movies and i kind of hate transformers movies sure. i do i absolutely hate transformers uh, Transformers movie. one is fine not fuck but, you you're going uh, you're going with how this article well, transformers well, so like, one is stupid when i think of like when i think just like how when i think of how you know in, independent folks and people that like you know indie stuff mm-hmm. how i think they perceive triple a games which is like they perceive them all to be Call of Duty esque, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. larger in life blockbusters, bombastic, like, whatever. Yeah, lowest common denominator kind of thing. Sure. When I think of when people dismiss mainstream or blockbuster movies, mm-hmm. I imagine that they find them repulsive in the way that I found Transformers to be repulsive, where it's like, oh, here's something that had, uh, here's a property that had heart, mm-hmm. and they took it and turned it into this gross corporate machine that doesn't narratively make any sense and is very gross mm. well, that's more of two between like the bad I, racial yeah, stereotypes I said, I said and, one was fine yeah um but even in one like the fucking movie isn't even about the robots it's about sure. fucking shia labeouf yeah. being shia labeouf yeah um when people want to dismiss mainstream stuff those are the mindsets i look at it as mm-hmm. and when and coming from that mindset i'm like but that's not what mainstream is anymore like like hollywood and and AAA gaming realized that hey if we made something that was like actually good mm-hmm. and actually had like decent writing in it mm-hmm. people will like it more and so yeah. the michael bay films of the world disappeared for the most part but mm-hmm. like yeah. you know but the the daredevil the ben affleck daredevil movie would not have been made today like people sure people can if people can come out and say x marvel movie is as bad as daredevil because they don't give a shit about marvel that's fine but again they're painting with a very broad brush and not looking at like how many intricate things the mcu and i hate bringing up the mcu so much but it's, it's such a cultural thing it's hard to ignore um it's always in the room and mm-hmm. an elephant mm-hmm. it, <laughs> uh, elephant america that was a bad joke I, okay so uh oh, go ahead i'll let you finish but, but that that's my point when I'm assuming when people are being dismissive of popular mainstream stuff, they were looking at the way that I would look at popular mainstream stuff that I dismissed in the yeah. past. It's like, this is low quality. Sure. Like it is high production value, but like it is, it is, it is entertainment junk food. There is, there is no staying power for the most part. And I'm not trying to paint completely with a broad brush, but I'm just like, this feels empty and soulless to me because I can just read all of the, the the corporateness on it that it's just here to make money and we have i feel like for the most part in most media have moved away from that or even look at television Mm -hmm. like look what like prestige dramas have done to most of television like a show like the good place would not exist 10 15 years ago it would exist in a crappier form with a live studio audience and a laugh mm. track and all this other shit mm. because it would have been like oh, a okay. sitcom structure thing. Let's say all sitcoms are bad. This could be fun. <laughs> I but, think, but that's what I'm saying is that like, I feel like there there is not an acknowledgement of like, and again, I feel like people are missing that historical context of like, 
dude, shit used to be way worse. Yeah. And like mm, yeah. you should you shouldn't measure everything in like the marginal improvements, but most arguments about why the MCU is bad are just shitty pretentious arguments yeah. like well but but the thing for me is and it, this is going to be really quick the thing for me is just like if it's entertainment junk food and that's what it wants to be how is that bad it's not bad but but i can understand if like if that's all of what you're seeing if like if transformers comes out and i feel like they and i i have a stake in transformers as an idea and it comes mm-hmm. out and it's very and it's terrible mm-hmm. it, from my opinion and, and it seems like it seems like it 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 worsened that idea and like there could have been a way to tell the story really well and not have fucking the guy from office space playing Shia LaBeouf's sure. dad doing a bunch of shitty off you know non sequitur jokes yeah and like oh Optimus Prime is here for a total of like is ten minutes of really? runtime John yeah. Krasinski no, no office just, space office space oh 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 yeah. oh, oh, oh right, I right, forget right, that right, actor's right, name yeah. he's in a bunch of I shit. was thinking of the office for a moment he's yeah. also in, <laughs> he's also in Get Out that that dude. Never mind. Anyway, the blind guy and then get out. Oh, oh, oh okay. Not, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when you said Office Space, I was then then thinking about the main character no, of no, no, Office no, no. Space, the, Milton. Okay, yes, okay, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. I know. I now I know you're talking. I can't remember the. Actor and I look at yet. that and I'm like, this is this is bad. Like this is like, like the parts that are good of that Transformers movie and the parts that are bad. Like the bad parts like have to outweigh it. Um, and it can have like just like dumb like you know like Pacific Rim. Like Pacific Rim is like like the closest we have today to like a action movie of 10 15 years ago but like even then it's like taking it's taking the most joyous parts of that Mont mentality Kaiju back and then mm-hmm. and like repackaging it mm-hmm. like okay if you just want a dumb fun but it's also got like Guillermo's sense of style there's so many components that's you the thing, miss right? like by, it's, by it's a tightening big, yeah. that stuff that people found enjoyable in those blockbusters of yesteryear yeah. and like and just giving you the good parts and taking out the bad I don't like Pacific Rim just I haven't seen it even but, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I think I, Pacific I, Rim is great I, uh, I don't know if you guys ever like say go watch another video on here but I, I do feel like this is a weirdly like particularly like on, on point uh, thing to talk about there's a one hour t- it's t- over two youtube videos by patrick h willems uh it's called michael bay Unding- understanding a true american auteur and it is just so interesting he just like goes through his career talks about his filmmaking style and like it, and, and it's like okay you can still hate those movies transform movies but now it's like you have a different appreciation for the way michael bay approaches them yeah. and it's not even that, that michael bay makes michael bay a good person or i mean te- he has a lot of technical proficiency but it's just interesting, like, and it's and it's. I feel like it kind of also dovetails into what we were talking about with just nuance in general. Like, dive into something you don't understand and yeah. like learn more about it sometime. And it should be Michael Bay. Dive into Michael Bay. Learn about. Watch this YouTube. I like Michael the Rob. Bay. I, I like Armageddon. American Bar sure. Which which one? Armageddon. I liked the island. I haven't seen it in a long time. I actually so I thought the island it was probably fun. doesn't hold up. But when I watched it as a kid, I was like, oh, I was very. Neat. I was influenced greatly by like the critical response to that movie that it was oh. not very good so i it hard it was hard for me to see it without yeah when outside i was a influence. child i didn't have that like that like that that filter of of criticism so like i could watch i could watch unapologetically van helsing with hugh jackman i Woof. could watch league of extraordinary gentlemen and i i could just love those movies as they were and it's harder now because it's like uh, you know I'll, yeah, the, yeah the the out the outside opinions yeah, of- I, I, it's harder for me to ignore it but um and also, I'm not a child. <laughs> My tastes have changed. Well. But, well, okay, you're right. I am still a child in a lot of ways. Anyways, um, nuance, I guess, is the thing that we're the ultimate message of this podcast is, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, and I just wish I saw more of it in stuff like this. It's it. 
It's tough because he, his call to action re, re, reimagining of what his post was doesn't really hold up because it is a lot of feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And if you go, if you try to argue with it, ultimately you've got to criticize the way he thinks. Yeah. And it's not to insult him, but I feel like he doesn't necessarily. The argument is poorly constructed. Yeah, and so it's like, and there's so many different jumping off points, and it was hard to like during this this episode of podcast that we've made, mm. it was hard to stick to any one cogent thread and be like, yeah. Eh. Well, and the other thing, so two things for me is that one, I think, I think there's a difference in quality and intention, and I think that. Again, so going back to God of War, I think if the intention is we want to make Sad Dad story that's also a good action game and we want to do it in one shot, then you judge, okay, how good is that? If the last if you're going to judge like The Last of Us's intention is we want to make I will make it really reductive, the video game version of The Road, then how good does it do that? And I think then there's another conversation of but why are you why are you being uh why are you just reiterating or repackaging something that somebody else made? And that is that is an interesting conversation. That falls apart after the second paragraph in this. And I think that I don't know what the like maybe it's a forum at a at GDC or something like that where it's like, all right, let's open this let's open this conversation up to be like, all right, I think that X is bad because of Y. And I think that what this and this article doesn't do this, I think there should be more of this. Like a lot of this article felt like a teardown of triple a games that have inspiration from elsewhere and there's not i think if you are trying to have that argument there needs to be some form of building up and he tries to do that with like saying like i really like control and it's like yeah but control but then your your statement is wrong faults yeah like like we have like or like the i like control it doesn't have it. I like control and doesn't have a skill tree. That's a oversimplification. Over well, he doesn't say of what that. He said. Yeah, because those statements are separate from one another. Like you Which know, so much three paragraphs is. before he says, "I don't like skill trees." Yeah, one of my favorite games this year is Control. Yeah, not knowing that those are actually you know uh, counter to one another, mm-hmm. um, or should be given given what his arguments are. My- there's there's one. Hold on, I just want to find the kicker of this and it really feels i don't i want to express like burford came out afterwards and said like hey that that article like came out or or that piece that i wrote was i acknowledge it was very uh well well he said it was very angry like he acknowledges that was very hostile and angry and like that was my intent like i do want to make sure that yeah we're not we're not slamming burford for having these opinions we're slamming the the systemic idea that people throw out their opinions like this and treat them as gospel mm-hmm. without thinking through them critically mm-hmm. and i don't think burford is wrong to write this stuff up and, and i don't think so either feel this ray uh but i, I think it's think, the good sorry why well, I, I just think it 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 could have been done better right if and he was looking yes. to, to present um an argument starting point I I don't think it was effective in that regard. Even if I disagree with his opinions, I'm not I'm not upset at his opinions. Sure, I sure. I just don't have. I, I feel like the I, only I am upset that people have taken it and used it as a banner. Yeah, it's weird to and wave their opinions, which is unfortunate that that happens almost my, all the time. My head will explode if I don't explain the difference between the road and the Last of Us, though. Uh, even just in a, in a matter of a couple of seconds here. I, I, well, I, like, I want to say this sentence, which okay. is like the one that like really like <laughs> I was like okay. Um, let's see if there's. So he's like complaining about 
you know, AAA games. Um, oh, here. So he talks about how prestige games don't seem to care about their mechanics. Uh, God of War isn't really better for its loot system. Well, I kind uh, of agree with that. Spider-Man isn't really improved by the three-tier skill system. Um, Last of Us has a reticle that doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense. I don't think it's well designed. Complain, complain, complain. It's this 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 little article or this little paragraph. I think Shadow of the Colossus is probably parentheses. I haven't played it yet. An incredible artistic achievement. Yeah. But I'm more inclined to be favorable to it because it's a game with only 16 enemies, each one lovingly designed, with no silly XP systems or side quests. That's a game that appears to deserve the prestige. That immediately like yep. destroys like whatever foundation was yeah. left just completely collapsed after reading those two sentences because it's like you are acknowledging this is all about taste. There is no objectivity yeah. here, mm-hmm. which is fine if you say that up front, but the way in which you present your arguments and your thoughts is that this is the way things have to be. And mm-hmm. I'm just so sick of people doing that. I'm especially sick of all of these, you know, uh, independent designers and creators complaining about things that AAA does and then championing Shadow of the Colossus, which yeah. is a game I really like. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, well, that's a weird statement too. The, the, the statement itself also is just like, so systems aren't bad like if you create a system that like you can iterate the player through i put game like it's not a bad thing to have a player do similar fights again and it's again. just why a enemy count mm-hmm. why is well, why I, I is like he because he, he, he said something similar with, with gears of war where each fight has something distinct to offer the thing the thing that i think he, he misses here and uh, I, I guess at this point i am just going to kind of refute his actual point of view on this a little bit because because i want to make this argument because we've just because his statement is out there he's saying that you want each battle to go in and to have different kind of um uh properties that you have to react to as a player so every time you're reacting to a fight it's something new and that's true in shadow of the classes there's only 16 bosses so they could each spend more time on the bosses rather than spending time on random enemies you gotta fight along the way sure the thing about random enemies you fight along the way and especially enemies that are reproduced and you fight them again and again many different ways is that you can approach them differently and learn by fighting them yes uh, and uh, amongst many other things yeah you can take the same enemies and put them in different environments and things like that yada 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 you can you, you gain new abilities and new ways to deal with enemies there's there's a ton of artistic merit and Just also gameplay the, merit the gall of to like systemic fighting straight up i have not played this game yeah, it's one of the best games ever like yeah. what are you saying <laughs> i i get so <laughs> frustrated at yeah, that mentality it's just consciousness, man, so don't worry about it yeah it's just well, you know, I the, fucking the, hate the that. persona of like, yeah. life and everything <laughs> oh my god like yeah. just mm, like so much <sighs> oh. also even in a world where he is right mm-hmm. there is so much room for games to keep on being wrong because there will sure. be there will be more games like like souls like shadow of the Colossus, not too many i imagine like, like that that kind of thing but titan souls came out and mm-hmm. and they have some more weird shadow class clones and i'm sure there'll be more games that have lovingly crafted combat systems yeah each hand pan picked and, and and set but it there's there's room to have things you don't like and you don't need to neg them for no reason yeah you could you can yeah. discuss the merits uh, if your goal is ostensibly to improve the conversation on game design and to make people better game designers I don't know, have a conversation. or make make f- f- players better players i just hate this idea that like popular stuff creates like negative psychic energy that assaults the minds of like yeah. 
independent thinkers yeah. and creators like oh this is like weighing down on me because this thing exists right. how dare it exists well but also like I, are you are you saying that not you personally but people who say things like this are you saying that you don't find inspiration in those like large triple a things yeah that i feel like the dismissal turn of like, into yours yeah like like this whole segment yeah of art just has of the entire medium has nothing to offer me like the idea like it's ridiculous it's <laughs> preposterous yeah yeah All right. i don't know I, I i i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about the road okay the road i'm gonna talk about the road it, it, i'm not Are gonna, gonna I'm spoil not time. last of us because no, i haven't played no, no, it okay. no, but but i, I want to talk about I'm a little sorry, bit of context what? you have or haven't I'll, i have i own it i'll, no, I'll spoil I, everyone knows that the main character's daughter dies right that's that's so that's a thing that everybody knows in the road no, no in, the, in the book in, in, in the in the in the book in the game the last of us you, the, first, the first five minutes. The first, oh, oh, oh. Yes. The, the that, beginning yes, of the yes, game yes. is yes. biological this, this, daughter. This, this, Got this, it. Yes. And he, he, the story is this this man begrudgingly becoming like, a father okay. figure to Ellie, and also more stuff that the cap. Like there's there's horror elements that yes that that, that have different themes. The the weird thing is that like this the the thing that is similar to this in the in the road is that it is a parental figure in an apop- apocalyptic wasteland. You know journeying Mm -hmm. the road itself comes from a very different perspective you have a guy with a son his wife killed herself Mm -hmm. and he is trying he he loves the son Mm -hmm. and he he begins the story desperate to take care of the son and it is the story of him kind of learning to be less afraid and let the son experience other people and go out do things yeah and yes there are like moments from the road that are in the last of us as an homage because they they were inspired by the road but thematically they are almost an inverse, weirdly. Like, mm-hmm. Joel, by the end of The Last of Us, is far more protective and even, like, maybe negatively so of Ellie. Like, it's it's an ending that is that is almost a, almost a deconstruction of the road. Mm-hmm. And, and so, all right, even... No even, spoilers. Even if... It, I don't like being the no-spoilers guy, but part of me, I've gone so long without... You gotta n- just play knowing, it. Yeah. You gotta just play it. I own it. Like, yeah. tomorrow. It, <laughs> You I can. I, I, I accept though, if you don't like the gameplay of that, because the gameplay of the the the, the Last of Us and Uncharted, the stealth, the stealth stuff great. is not great. I, but but it's not it's not horrible to the point where I'm like, it takes me out of the experience. And God like, of War was like that. Like yeah. I, I found that game very plotting at times, but I wanted to experience that story, so I stuck yeah. through it. Well, and I felt the, I think there's a weird thing where like your gameplay doesn't have to be perfect if you still mm-hmm. manage to get dopamine hits. The nice thing about being Nathan Drake is you go through a battle and it can be a little bit frustrating. Then you get to a climbing section and it's rewarding not because the player is good at it, but because it is exciting yeah. and it feels you get to feel in that moment like, "Oh man, I'm I'm so cool, I'm so cool." And it's you can reward players in a way that is different from having them master a combo or get good mm-hmm. at your fighting. You can reward them by the way you place gameplay loops. Right, right. And the same is true for story beats, too. The Last of Us replaces all that climbing and stuff with more heavy story segments. So there's, yes, there's fighting and there's horror segments. The catharsis for the player and the reward is here's feelings mm-hmm. and the feelings maybe things that you've seen before or a reluctant father figure like that it's not the most original story in the world all you know it's still derivative of many different things yeah not just the road but it's not like you you can't still get into that character and feel a like character we can see the same story told different times and especially when it's told through a video game rather than a movie now you get that added bonus of being more invested in the characters because you play those characters yeah. anyways oh boy I am and I am not the person who said The Last of Us is the best video game I've ever played. I do mm-hmm. feel like it was one of my favorite games of the PS3 generation, but 
it's an important it game. It, it wasn't. It, it was in part because it was. You know, there. there it was. Uh, Capital I not, important. Uh, well, it wasn't. It, it, it didn't need to be groundbreaking. Although I feel like some people do feel like it was. And I think mm-hmm. it's just because they, they, they were realizing that you can have a a, a more upfront level of narrative in a game. It doesn't necessarily mean the narrative had to be super original, mm-hmm. but the fact that the game felt different was true enough. Yeah. Like it, it felt distinct from other games at the time. And I think in that regard, it is unique and it is an important game of that era. Uh, and I wouldn't even necessarily put it on my top lists of games of all time. I do love that game though. And I think it's weird. I could accept that someone wouldn't like it and I can accept criticisms of it, but like there's no such thing as a game that is truly good or truly bad because someone out there probably likes E.T. Also, <laughs> There's no such thing as something that's truly original either. Yeah. yeah. Like it's all about like take the thing that a lot of people have seen and then what can you do that's unique with this. Well, except for Hideo Kojima who obviously is the creator of the universe and makes everything up from scratch. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, he, he doesn't he even know, Snake he doesn't even what know what Death Stranding's about. Right. <laughs> God, I want to die. No, I, I mean he, <laughs> Solid Snake was literally based on a character from uh, Yeah, yeah from, Snake yeah. Plissken. Like, yeah. come on. Like down <laughs> to the like big boss's um portrait is just Sean Connery. Like let's it's just oh. Sean Connery in the original game. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um Kurt Russell is the uh Solid Snake. Yeah, Solid Snake. Yeah. No, 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 no. The portrait for Solid Snake in uh, Metal Gear Two is um Kyle Reese. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then Sean Connery was Big Boss. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. Like it's like every everybody is oh, a mass of of things that they have taken in and and absorbed, and then whatever they put out is likely a mass of everything that has informed that person. And I and I think that to just be like, oh nope, this is this is like you were saying, like nope, this whole thing is bad. It's just like well. I'm going to read bad. I'm going to be that's a bad opinion I'm because be, how are you not how are you going to just ignore a bunch of things yeah. that make people who they are and make them want to do be- make them want to make better things. I'm going to be really egotistical right now. I'm going to read Can't the, wait. the Twitter thread I wrote about oh, this boy. article when it first came out. How did you how did you not start with this? Sound effect for this. Oh, Dylan's about to do some Twitter. Well, thanks for getting <laughs> ginger ale on my mic. That wasn't intentional. Schweppes. It's ginger ale. Yeah. Schweppes ginger ale. Get in the game. Sponsored by ginger Ginger ale. It's in the game. (laughs) I've got my Twitter soda. Go ahead, Dylan. All right. That Prestige Games piece really is going to be a great opportunity for everyone to interpret it in a way that agrees with their tastes and opinions. Yep. The greatest irony here is that the piece talks about how liking nerdy or indoor pursuits doesn't immediately make you more intellectual, while also implicitly it's supporting the idea that disliking what's popular makes you more intellectual not really in the mood for digesting more pieces that blithely negate popular works thoughtlessly there's some good stuff here for sure but arguing against what's popular by only saying nope nuh-uh wrong-o and not making a thoughtful argument about it just bugs me people that think they know better without having to prove why will forever rub me the wrong way that piece would have been better if it focused on just the problem of AAA games trying to emulate the Hollywood experience. Instead, it wanted to be a mea culpa on AAA and spun off the tracks. And then I said something about I agree that Naughty, about the way Naughty Dog games feel because I never be one. I, I enjoy Naughty Dog games. I accept that they have I like flaws. them. I also like, can we... It was really shitty to just be like, huh, they made Crash Bandicoot and now they're going to try and be realistic. Yeah, that's, it's like, that's, dude, what? That's a little fucked up. Yeah. People, 
I, I, I don't know how to tell you guys this. This is a thing that is true. People change over time. <gasps> it's like a weird, like, something like happens. my hair. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not there anymore. Yeah. I, I chopped it off. That wasn't, that was oh, okay. I, I just wanted it. <laughs> you that changed was a, me. That, that was a personal growth. That yeah. was just um, <laughs> amateur barber. Yep. Barber skills. I, there's, there's, there's things in here that I, that I could, I could almost be like, we could extrapolate an argument from this. The, the idea of putting like, uh, a lot of games do put like the, the, the kind of standard rarity of items in without ever really like there's RPGs I've played where common items are only there to be sold, you know, and it's like yeah, you're really yeah. only trash. For the next like, oh, mark this as trash. And, and, and what you've essentially done is put the original sin too. You've, you've put just like something that has no actual gameplay value in a game. And there's like room to talk about that. There's room to talk about how in Spider-Man, the skill tree and I have I, 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 I'm not opposed to skill trees. The triple skill tree system doesn't necessarily like ultimately in the long run, you do end up just kind of filling the skill trees up and it's like, all right. I mean, yeah, it, it was basically, just, it was a weird, like I, it's I, a thing that's there that exists. You, I disagree with the skill tree opinion, but I'll, but I'll get well, to that. Well, in well, I mean, like in the could, context of Spider-Man, like I can see that I can see that like, because it gets full anyway or well yeah or that or it's like or, hey this isn't enough. this isn't like a necessary aspect of this game you but, I do, but, I, different ways. but i do think that that's it's, okay it's, what it's, how do you want to play this game sure but i'm just saying like we can we can look at a specific skill tree and say like hey this maybe does not fit the greater context or maybe it's like sure, is, is sure. not the, like the most the best fit for this type of game or whatever whatever that's different than saying that like Game has skill tree, therefore game is bad. Sure, that makes sense. There, there's yeah. a there's a thread of in the history of skill trees of I think, and I, I feel like it might have been MMOs that first kind of started doing it, where they would tear off like mastery trees. Yeah, I and mean, you, like, and oftentimes it is three. Wow, for Horizon, me, is the yeah. progenitor for wow this. Is, is one I think of. Horizon Zero Dawn did it mm. recently as well, and you and, and you kind of break it down into like three aspects of the character. Look, man, you're either a frost mage, a fire mage, or arcane right. mage, and no one's an arcane mage because what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> the, the there, but there, you could shape, you could accomplish the same thing potentially yeah. with sh- and, and shape it differently you could make a circle where things web together you could mm-hmm. you could come you you, you could uh i don't know you, you could have different options that that are discovered as you radiate out from a platform like i feel like being dismissive of skill trees like throws away all the innovation that like skyrim did on skill tree building because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like they had multiple xp bars and each like each there, there is no regular leveling. It's not like I killed the dude and I got XP from killing yeah. the dude. It was I did a, I performed a skill which made that that uh, ability tied to that specific skill tree increase in XP, which then also fed into my overall XP. Mm-hmm. So every time I gained a level via my overall XP, that gave me a skill point which I could drop into a skill tree tied to like twenty five different skill types. Yeah, but I yeah. could only drop skills into skill trees if I had the requisite, you know, specific skill level. And so it that was such a that was the first time I saw like major innovation on skill tree building mm-hmm. since WoW. There's some other really fun ideas to go back to Path of Exile. They have this big sprawling skill tree, but also they have an interesting thing where you'll have blank spots in the skill tree, and you find items throughout the game. Oh, that you can you slot them in, slot them into the skill tree, and they'll, they'll be like, okay, now I've got a, a gem that I can put in here, and if I if I put it in the skill tree and then put a point into it. I get this passive that you know I looted, and so it merges two aspects of gameplay, and that's just neat. 
that's just straight up neat yeah and you could do so many more things like that and it's like it, it, it makes me think about all the possibilities of how do you now not just have skill trees unlock abilities or passives that affect your gameplay but how do you tie gameplay back into skill trees and that's what, and i mean to, to an extent you know using the appropriate skill to level up a certain skill is very much that as well it's like okay uh, you don't have to have a system like a skill tree be an isolated thing. It can be tied to many elements as opposed to just being a filter from XP back to abilities. Yeah. Um, anyways, skill trees, man. They, they, they can be more. They, they, they can be s'mores. Delicious. <sighs> you see, you have three skill types. You have your marshmallow, <laughs> you <got laughs> chocolate. Cracker. I'm, a, I'm a chocolate mage. <laughs> Yeah. Same. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, in that context, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah. In his context. What? I can get gross. No, his, no, his his staff shoots out chocolate bars. Mm. Seen that video? <laughs> Sponsored by KitKat. <laughs> oh. Uh. All right. Well, that was an hour and a half of talking about this one article. <sighs> I could, I feel like I could go for a long time, but my throat is also dry at this point. Yeah. I saw that chocolate. My ginger ale didn't help. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Yeah, you don't drink soda. Soda has sodium in it. I didn't even want it, Dylan. It's just that you talked about Twitter, and I just felt like I wanted to crack that can you open. You had to crack a can of whoop-ass. Oh, ginger ale, also known as whoop-ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't know that? Everyone, I guess. That's what uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin drinks. It's not beer. It's ginger ale. Yeah. Mm. yeah. My well, favorite I is the Canada Dry whoop-ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Diet whoop-ass is also pretty solid. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 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 There's whoop-ass with lemon. Um, great. Mm. Diet Dr. Whoopass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Guys, we're probably running short on time. Is there anything anyone wants to talk about before we wrap up? I have a shit ton of other news and games, but <sighs> this this feels reductive, but Uh-oh. this doesn't feel this doesn't feel this feels like it falls into the category of 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 of, of attributing a blanket f- a feeling about a thing, but I do also want to say <laughs> Uh-oh. This guy in his in his in, on all of his criticism of all these games, some some justified I think like like talking about items and skill trees, in part not not skill trees as a whole, but in part ma- making a criticism of skill trees. He also defends Crackdown Three, which I just find <laughs> to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's not like a super popular game. It's just well received really, game. It's, it's also yeah. interesting because I, even if you like the gameplay, I don't see it as like artistic or like not necessarily. It takes Terry Crews, you know. It's like it's still it, it is a part of the same thing of like pulling from popular movies and TV, and it's That's like good point. Terry Crews, his personality is a commodity in yeah in, in the movie and film industry. So, <sighs> well, like how people you know. Also, to- a spider car is in Spider Man. Like, let's not pretend like that doesn't exist. In the game? No, in the comics. In, in the fiction? In the fi- There's a spider buggy. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, just like how some folks want to treat that uh, article as a mea culpa for... Crackdown uh, 3. Well, no, for mea culpa for AAA <laughs> games. Like, I treat it as just like a like beautiful snapshot of like just how, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, when they say stuff, that they think they're saying objectively, they're actually saying it super based off their own tastes. Yeah. And if they took a step back, they could understand why. Like, you know, you're 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 allowed and you're valid to like have these opinions that can conflict with one another, but when you try to press it onto like the greater conversation, mm-hmm. that's when things when get really Doc sticky. Buford listens to this podcast and says, Burford, I want to debate please. you guys. 
I want to be on your podcast. Will we say yes? Yeah, I'll talk. Yeah, to you. No come on, Doc, get in here. Come on, come on Doc, get on in. Jo- here. Join, join me in my room. <laughs> Don't mind the mess. It's messy in here. Yeah, it's fine. It's all that chocolate. <laughs> all well, that chocolate. Um, it's raining chocolate. Mm, wait, chocolate, chocolate rain. rain. <laughs> Move away from the mic to breathe. <laughs> Is that what he does? Yeah. Big inhale. Yeah. Um <gasps> I guess I guess we're gonna end it on, it, yeah. on <laughs> a giant conversation about one one article. I, I think so. it was important. I think it was important because uh it's an interesting snapshot of psychology. <laughs> well, I feel like like if you're still trying to figure out like your your own tastes and perspective on like on games and stuff, I feel like that's that's helpful. I feel I hope I put like good hope we put good like flags in the ground of like hey like if you want to discuss something mm-hmm. and you want to discuss it critically like yeah find the constructive version of your argument yeah we'll for- form it present it and then invite people to have that discussion and that's why like that's and why make sure I love- they want to have that discussion yeah so many times i've wanted to have, have that discussion and the other i find out like halfway through the discussion the other person doesn't the other person just right. wants to oh, entrench and that reminds argue me, their after perspective we're done with this i want to talk to you about kojima and why he's the best so well, let's go ahead and get into that well, afterwards. i've already, I've already okay. well, had so, that discussion uh, we're gonna a thousand times oops i'm in kojima? my car and i'm uh, driving away <laughs> <laughs> as fast as i possibly can uh i will say i felt very vindicated when i did that Milger Solid panel because uh, Jeremy Parrish was like, "All right, Milger Solid Two has great prescience about what technology will do to society, about like the influence of like celebrity culture and all that stuff." And then he like took a beat and went, "It's a horrible story, <laughs> but goddamn, does it have like some interesting prescience for like what the future entailed?" And those are the kinds of conversations that I really like listening to, where it's like, "Look, I will admit the things that are good and the things that are bad, and yes. we'll have a conversation." I wish about people it. did that more. I wish and people. Well, I want more panels. Like, yeah. I honestly want to have there. I want there to be more panels where it's like, "No, let's just have a conversation about like what we think of." this aspect of game design what we think of this aspect of storytelling what yeah, we and think it, of where it's going etc cetera, etc cetera. acknowledging that you're coming in with preconceived beliefs notions yeah you know tastes and 100 like percent. you having to put some of that at the door yeah and you know dialectically saying like there might we, we might discover something better than what i hold mm-hmm. held dear mm-hmm. uh look again i i i I don't believe that you can make something better without acknowledging everything that has come before and everything that is around it. And I think that for you to just dismiss a large swath of of types of games, you are doing a disservice to yourself because you do not you don't get what they were giving. Mm-hmm. You That's just, not how you, you make s'mores. It. That's not how you make s'mores. That's not how you make s'mores. And on that note, I think it's time to sign off. If you like this podcast, I do. Wait. No, I let you Hold guys up. go first. What's up? Oh, hi. Hey, Nelson. Hey. I'm Nelson. <laughs> yeah, where can people find you, Nelson? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. You can find me at Whitico on pretty much everything. W-H-I-T-T-I-C-O. You can find me on Twitter, at Whitico. Instagram, at Whitico. Uh, Artstation, Dribble at Whitico. You can also go to Whitico.co. That should just give you a link to everything. Um, also, mm-hmm. uh, if you go to videogamebook.club... Uh, yeah, that's right. Videogamebook.club. Yes, that's URL. Yeah, that was that took me a second. I don't know why. Um, if you want to hear people in 2019 and beyond, uh, talk about old oh. games. I know it's gonna be crazy. Uh, talk about old games and not acknowledging the, uh, or at least mildly acknowledging the context of when they came out. 
Videogamebook.club is another podcast that I do. Oh, okay. You, yeah. you, you're calling back to what mm-hmm. I said. Mm-hmm. I, thought yeah, yeah. I thought you were like, and we were talking about super problematic game. No. There was a, there Revenge. Was a, <laughs> oh, no. That needs to go on the list now. No, it doesn't. You don't need to play that game. Okay. Well, that's where you can find me. Cool. That would it go. Awesome. Joe, where can people find you? You can find me on the internet. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Where? Wordcast.com is, is the place where I'm most commonly seen these days mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on two podcasts. Mm-hmm. This one here that you're listening to now. Yeah. So you've, you've probably figured out how to find this at least. Hopefully. But also, Attract Mode, if you haven't heard that. Attract Mode. <laughs> if you like video games, that's I great. do. Most people do. If you like video game movies, sorry, but we're talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> Attract Mode. <laughs> there. What do we just put up? Uh, a Battle Arena to Shinden. Yeah. Oh. We, we, what? Yeah. <laughs> The nineties, oh, the nineties is, is 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 full of fighting game animes and probably the future too. Joe and Nick Uh-oh. really did not realize what they were signing up for and did not realize how many movies came out because they're like, oh yeah, it was like it was Super Mario Brothers and then like uh, right yeah, after Prince that, of Persia, or? yeah, like right after that is the uh, Uwe Boll movies, right? Like we'll make fun of those, like no, <laughs> oh no, 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 oh no, oh also, um, from last episode, uh, Alex is not here. But he did leave us with one ponderous question. Is Digimon a video game series? Because if it is, all of those Digimon movies count. <laughs> We've so made a decision on this, right? Wait, so I, hold I, on. I did some research. Okay, go ahead. Because um, I was about to do that research. Digimon, uh, the animated series, uh-huh. um, the first anime, uh-huh. Digimon Adventures, was released March 7th, 1999. Okay. The first Digimon game ever released was uh, a Japan-only release, Digital Monster Version S, colon, Digimon Tamers, which was released on Sega Saturn on September 23rd, 1998. <laughs> well, that's time to watch Digimon. <laughs> that's post, though, right? No. no, it was before. 97 versus 98? No, no 99. 99 for the anime. Oh. But was and, there a manga? I, no. So okay. Digimon was originally... Tamagotchi knockoff. Oh, that's smart. So that's genuine. It was like a Tamagotchi uh, marketed towards boys. Yeah. So the anime yeah. was a rebrand, though. Well, so that first game was a video game adaptation of the Tamagotchi, the Tamagotchi toy thing, and then the anime was, was an adaptation of the. Yeah. Oh, well, I think they like rebranded it and made it like a, more of a a thing. You guys remember that one dude that had like the goggles? I've and he never was cool? seen. Yeah, the Digimon. first Digimon movie, the first Digimon movie, and the first Pokemon movie are both good. I stand by that. Okay. All right. Bold. We'll have to, we'll have to st- compare. We'll have to compare and it. contrast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I also try to release uh, if, if, if there's a sequel. So like when we watched when Angry Birds movie two was coming out, mm-hmm. I was like, well, we have to watch the first one because mm-hmm. like watching the second one's not going to make any sense. With yeah. The context. No, that makes a ton of sense. So if there's ever a release that's coming out, um, that's a sequel mm-hmm. to something we haven't watched yet. I try to front load all that other stuff yeah. turns out there's a digimon movie there is. coming out next year there is that is technically a sequel yeah to bud. like eight digimon and movies they're all tied together well no there's like digimon tame and this is how deep i went down the rabbit hole i'm sorry so there's digimon adventures which is what digimon the movie is like the theatrical like okay. sequel to yeah so that first anime and then there's like seven other digimon adventures movies and then there's digimon tamers which is a different like movie series oh, i didn't know that yeah weird yeah have fun yeah <laughs> so you can find our our joyous journey through video game movies on attract mode and you can find me at del vento 
Oh, and you can find Joe at Gerb. At Gerb. That's Twitter. Yeah, you didn't share it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You can find Joe at Gerb. You can find me at Dylan Vento. And if you like this podcast, you want to listen to any of our other podcasts, you can find them at ward-games.com or like Joe said, wordcast.com or on Twitter at Ward Video Games or wherever podcasts are published. I just put both Wordcast and a track mode on Spotify. So if you want to listen to them on Spotify, they are there available to you. And also, if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out a lot. Hell yeah. Gets us out in front of other folks. Uh, guys. Hi. Hey. Hey. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye.